Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Uh, yes. Yes, we, we are back. Hour number two. And, of course, what happens every last Wednesday of the month, we bring on Peter Wood, and he brings on guests which are always entertaining, always fun. But today, I don't know, Peter, today might be the top of the top of the heap. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Brad. I do appreciate the kind gestures and that. It's fun to be back in the saddle here, folks, and coming and talking to all you out there. Today is a little bit of a special thing because I thought with all the political stuff on, it would be great to get somebody in here that's a little bit we're not going down that road at all attitude. Right, because, exactly. <laughs> well, we never do talk politics when I'm on because I just don't want to do that because we're only here for a little bit. But this, folks, um, I had this thought probably a, oh, over a year ago well over a year ago, that I wanted to get somebody like Ed on to talk about this product because it it doesn't happen overnight. This is a long, slow process, but it took a while to get to this point to get somebody like Ed on. It's the whiskey business, but how it derives, how how does it get here? And it's going to be most likely, we're going to be a two-part show on this, this today with Ed and then a fellow logger, from Missouri next month to talk about how farther we can get into this. But well, I'm thankful that Ed Peter, is willing to I come had, on. Peter, I had a question for you right off the bat. Did you know that Ed Belfour was was in the whiskey business and mm. that he was brewing this in beautiful flask, flax that were made out of a white, white birch, I believe? No, actually, I didn't. I never knew of Ed until probably about three, four months ago. And, okay, and I'm not a I'm not a sports following type person. I guess I'm a, actually a terrible spectator. Uh, I'm the type of person I want to be on the field or on the court or on the ice. I don't want to be in the stand, so I would sure, not be a very sure. good cheering person. But anyway, I'm getting off subject here. <laughs> we got to get to Ed here, but uh, Ed, Ed, are you there? Because we want to talk about uh, your end of this business because it takes a long time to get to that. Are you there, Ed? Yeah, I'm here, Peter and, and Brad. Uh, thanks for having me today. Well, Great. thank you for joining us, Ed. That's it's great. a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, Ed, you want to tell some of the folks out there, some may not know of your career as a hockey, uh, a little bit on that, and then we'll get into more about how we get to the point of the finished product of what we get in our stores or wherever we buy our, our adult beverages, you could say, how it ta- what it takes to get to that point, what it takes yeah. to be, be like that, because it's a long process to really, and you, folks, you really do need the farmers of the forest. You need the loggers if you want to do this. It's impossible to get this product without that. That's 100% correct, Peter. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, when I first got into this business eight years ago, uh, my son, uh, Dane, and my daughter, Reagan, and I, we started this business, uh, family business, and uh, we've learned so much in those eight years. Uh, amazing uh, industry. Um, you know, my background is uh, obviously hockey and, um, you know, played hockey since I was four years old. And always on a team and, and always trying to strive to be the best and, and try to win championships. And I was really blessed uh, by God to be on so many of those great championship teams like our 86-87 NCAA championship team with the Fighting Sioux. And, you know, those uh, brothers of mine, uh, we're still on a thread together. and We, we talk weekly. So those relationships that you build over the years of those championship teams and, you, you know, the, the 
top coaches like Gino Gasparini that we had and John Marks and Dean Blaze and Kerry Eads at North Dakota carried over into my NHL career and, and uh, winning a Stanley Cup in 99 with the Dallas Stars, uh, a gold medal with Team Canada. And, and uh, you know, just I was so blessed to be on those teams and learned a lot of valuable lessons that, that have led you know, to uh, success in our whiskey business. And, you know, I'm, I'm very detailed and, and go into everything I can to learn and be the best I can at whatever I do. So, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize the white oak uh, that we age the whiskey in. Uh, the, the age of those trees is about 80 years. It takes 80 years for a white oak to grow to be mature enough to harvest uh, to turn into staves, which uh, are then aged for about a year to any, anywhere from a year to about three years. They sit out in the weather, and uh, by sitting out in the weather, they lose a lot of the bad flavors that can be in wood, and um, then you make a barrel out of them, and we uh, put the whiskey in the barrel, and then it ages anywhere from another two years to possibly 12 years in the barrel. And all that time, you know, it's it's aging, it's maturating in, in the barrel, and um, you know, you get the beautiful brown colors and and the awesome caramels and vanilla flavors that you can get out of a great bourbon or a great rye whiskey. Um, and we've won awards with our uh, bourbon and our rye whiskey, and take great pride in it. Uh, real quick here, when you when you say you store it in barrels, Ed. Is it stored? I'm visualizing. Is it stored in warehouses, out in the elements? You must have. You'd have to have a lot of area building or something to protect it. Or how is that done? When you're you're talking two to twelve years of aging here, that's a lot yeah. of a lot of barrels, correct? It is. Um, so when Dane and I first got into uh, learning everything about the business, we went to Kentucky and went to uh, Moonshine University, and we. Uh, we the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, so we went around to. Uh, is that is that hold on here? Is that a real university? <laughs> is that a it real is. place? <laughs> it is, and they do a fantastic job there of educating anybody who wants to learn, you know, how to make whiskey and and how to get into the business. And you know, then we went to, you know, the the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, and we went to, you know, Woodford Reserve and Jim Beam and Heaven Hill, and you know, uh, all the beautiful distillery and learned you know everything you can about the business and their barrel warehouses hold anywhere from 10,000 barrels to as big as 50,000 barrels wow they can be well and uh and i have to i have to say that you just mentioned a brand that up until now up until i'm looking at my bottle of belfour here was my favorite whiskey. And that's, again, because what you talked about, brotherhood. I I fought in the Vietnam War with a bunch of guys that were in Marines together, and one of them was from Kentucky. And a number of years ago, he presented me with my first bottle of Woodford Reserve. And, boy, I'll tell you what, I took to that like a... (laughs) like a baby yeah. to a new bottle. And, and I thought, I, it can't get any better than this. But I'll tell you what, your stuff is a pretty doggone good here. Now, did you, did you try to come up with your own recipe, Ed, or did you copy other sources? Or how did you go about coming up with the brand? Yeah, so, you know, we wanted to use our family name first off. And you have options when you get into this business. You can buy, 
you know, somebody else's already made spirits, um, you know, from a, okay. a bulk uh, distillery manufacturer, and they, they've been aging it. Um, you know, MGP was one of those options way back then. Um, and then you can, you know, put your name on, on a bottle, like a, a cheaper bottle, and, and use kind of a generic um, brand of whiskey. And a lot of brands do that. And, it, and you know, they a lot of successful brands have done it that way. But both Dane and I and, and Reagan are very hands-on with everything we do. And, you know, we... We said right off the bat, well, if we're going to put our family name on the bottle, we're going to be involved in every part of the process from start to finish. So we researched, um, you know, different mash bills, and uh, that took quite a while. We did a lot of uh, taste testing with the, the different mash bills that are out there in, in already current brands, and we came up with some mash bills that we thought that we liked, and so we created those mash bills ourselves the recipe and then we went to a private uh, contractor um, which happened to be a husband wife uh, pete and vienna barger uh, in statesville north carolina and they were just starting uh, their distillery at that time so i believe we were their first customer so it was a perfect relationship we were working on our brand they were working on their distillery and they allowed us to come in and um, you know work alongside their distiller at the still um, you know Come off the still with the proof points that we wanted to be at. Go in the barrel at the proof points we wanted to be at. So it was very hands-off for us. Um, you know, our packaging, our bottling. Um, I tell everybody that's about version 100 that you see there because I wanted it perfect. That right? and it took about yeah, it took about two years to create that packaging. That's custom glass, uh, custom label. Yes. Um, it, it was a fun project. I really enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm still trying to improve it all the time. Well, Ed, uh, this is Brad again. You know, when I first looked at this last night, I thought, man, uh, and that's part of the uh, the whole concept, isn't it, is you, that you have to have a bottle that somebody looks at and says, oh, that's an interesting bottle. I wonder what that tastes like. And then, then the importance is what's in the bottle. And this bottle is first class. I mean, it's the kind of a, almost like a cut glass that somebody would want to have in their uh, d- in their display case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, the inspiration was from my grandma and grandpa Belfour, and uh, they were on their honeymoon, 1920. Um, you know, during Prohibition, and um, this beautiful picture um, was in my mom and dad's um, you know photo album. And I said, you know, what what's what's that picture? Well, that's grandma and grandpa on their their honeymoon day, and um, and I, I was like, wow, that's that's awesome. They look like, um, you know, all decked out in their Peaky Blinders clothing. Um, <laughs> you know, I follow that, that, that show, and I just love it. So, And then we come to find out that uh, Grandma and Grandpa Belfour were moonshining on uh, the farm in northern Saskatchewan. And, and uh, my dad pulled out a little sample out of the fridge and said, here it is. And this was like we were about two years into the into the business and i mean what a what a surprise that was to to, to hear about my grandma and grandpa and um, you know it just adds to what we're doing and, and we're so thankful the other inspiration was you know the the 1920s was the gatsby era and um, sure. you know the bottle had that <laughs> excuse me um very art deco looking and uh, 
I wanted that presence on the shelf. So when people were walking, you know, in a liquor store and they're looking at all different bottles, you know, it had right. that wow factor. And I think you've got that. I, I've got to be honest. Uh, we're we're going to have to take a break here. Uh, we are we are uh, uh, commercial radio, and we've got some sponsors. But let me just tell you, Kenny, uh, when I got this bottle yesterday, and, and Peter, I want to thank you for having your input into uh, getting this, too. I thought, you know, I'm not going to open this until I get some friends over here, and then I want to open it and try it. And then the more I looked at it last night, I thought, you know, this, you got to try this. I got to see. You opened it, didn't you? I did. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you did that, Brad. And for the record, we did post that picture to the Sound Off Facebook group page. So it is there. And I'm at the website, too. And it's, uh, I got to tell you, this, it's very important, I think, to have your brand stand out, and this bottle yes. certainly does that. Oh, it stands out. Well, not only the the bottle, but as Ed said, the color from coming through the glass reminds me almost of like a honey. It, it's almost like a honey color to it. So last night I had to I had to break it open, and it, and it comes with its own cork insert in it. You know you. You pull the uh, plastic wrap off, and then it has a cork insert. And I'll tell you, uh, like I say, I, I my brand after my buddy from Vietnam gave me that Woodruff Reserve was Woodruff, but this ranks right up there with it. And it's it's uh, people are going to want to try it. I've I don't believe I've seen this in our Duluth stores yet. It probably is there. But uh, they're going to want to find a way to get this. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back. More with Ed Belfour and Belfour Small Batch Straight Bourbon Whiskey coming up. Giant Redwood, the larch, the fir, the mighty Scots pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber, the crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing... Sing, sing! I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the lavatory. <laughs> On Wednesday, I go shopping and have buttered scones for Peter, tea. I never get over that song. I'll tell you, now you have to add to that. I go to the lavatory and then I have a little, before I go back in the woods, I have just a little uh, nip off my... Uh, a bell for a small batch bourbon whiskey. <laughs> Ed, you got a you got something together here. This has got a very nice flavor to it. Thank you. We we worked hard at that. That's our our first introduction of a small batch bourbon to the to the market, and um, it turned out very well. Uh, it's uh, ninety two barrels uh, that we dumped uh, to create that product. Uh, it's got about uh, I think three different barrel profiles in there. And, um, you know, when you start blending those different barrel profiles, it, it sure leads to some, some wonderful flavors. Peter, maybe you can talk a little bit about the logging end of it and how that comes into the wood and enhances the flavor that comes out of these barrels. Well, yeah, that's, that's where we're starting and kind of like folks going in reverse here because want to what people actually see in the supermarket, grocery store or whatever, or even the even the adult beverage stores. And we all the, we only see that part. We don't see how it gets to that. And that's why it's so great that Ed would come on 
and talk about this because there's it, it didn't start when you picked up the bottle or whatever product or packages. It didn't start there. For something like this in the whiskey business, it actually starts anywhere from 80 to 150 years ago because you have to get those trees to grow at the right to the, the right type of tree and then be used and consumed at the right time, meaning for the end product. And that's what I was finding very interesting when Ed, Ed was talking about having all these barrels stored is it takes a lot of wood to do that. And Ed, could you elaborate a little bit? Uh, I'm going to bear with me, folks. I'm I'm going in reverse on this, so as it kind of bounces back and forth a little bit. But could you talk about first a little bit? Okay, you're you're making the product into a mash, and then it goes into the barrels. Uh, Could you elaborate a little bit on the making of the barrels? What it takes, kind of? Could you on that? Yeah, yeah. So so a cooper uh, makes the barrels at a cooperage. And uh, you have the loggers, you know, they, they go out in the forest and they have to understand what type of logs that a cooperage needs. And it's not just any white oak that you choose. It has to be, you know, straight and, um, you know, it can't be too big and it can't be too small. So there, there's definitely some details that the loggers have to uh, pay attention to. And uh, the more north that that white oak grows, the tighter those growth rings are. The more of those growth things that we have per inch, the more of those nice caramel vanilla flavors that we get in our bourbons and our rye whiskeys. So we love, you know, to have the northern Minnesota oak. We love having Missouri oak. You know, the, the it does make a huge difference on the flavor profile. And um, we really look to, to have those. And then, um, you know, they have to be cut. Uh, they have to be cut properly, and you don't get to use the whole tree. Uh, you might only get uh, three barrels out of a tree. You might only get four barrels out of a tree, depending on the size of that tree and then how good the wood is. So there's a lot that goes in to what the loggers do. And then when you get the uh, the wood, the logs to the sawmill, they have to be quarter sawn. Um, all that detail has to, to be done correctly, and then they're turned into the staves. There are 35-inch staves uh, from 2 inches to 3, 3.5 inches on width. Um, like I was telling you, you know, the longer they sit out, um, you know, past 6 months and, and air dry out in the weather, uh, the better it is for the flavor profile. And then once those uh, staves are aged long enough, um, they're put, you know, brought into the cooperage and they put them together and make the barrels out of them. Then you toast them and char them there's different levels of toasting and different levels of char anywhere from like a light toast medium toast medium heavy toast a heavy toast extra heavy toast and then the char is going from one to five a five would be you know where the the inside of the barrel really dark and and burnt and alligator looking almost and um, a light char would be you know where it's just on a lighter scale and each one of those combinations creates a very unique flavor to that bourbon or that rye whiskey. And it takes a while to figure out, you know, your mash bill, what what uh, uh, char and toasting it likes best. And um, that's what I I take really uh, great pride in, in that charring and toasting and, and creating those unique flavors. We do a lot of taste testing for all of our products, before it goes in that bottle, we've probably taste tested it at least 10 times 
and we tried, you know, blending it with different barrels to, to come up with the unique flavors that we have for Belfort Spirits. I, I bet. Well, uh, Northlanders, uh, okay. yeah. uh, Northlanders, I'm going to ask you to hang on for just a minute here. We've got to do our CBS News break, but we're we're in the middle of talking uh, with Ed Belfour, uh, uh, who is a hockey Hall of Famer, a professional NHL hockey Hall of Famer, and he has now gone in after retirement into the family business of producing a. Well, I have in my hand a wonderful small batch straight bourbon whiskey. They also make a rye. But, I mean, they did this first class, and we'll talk more about this when we come back uh, after this CBS News break. All righty, we are back. Uh, we are back with uh, Ed Belfour from uh, Belfour Small Batch Straight Bourbon Whiskies and Peter Woods, the host of uh, Let the Sawdust Fly. Uh, Peter, maybe to you and uh, Ed both, um, you, you, you put a lot of time and effort into making these casks that the, uh, that the bourbon sits in for, in this case, up to 33 months aging. Uh, my question would be, can you use the same barrel again uh, to redo a second batch, or is or, or is this just a one-time product? Ed, hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought real quick. Some of these agings are 12 years. That's 144 months. That's wow. what I was trying to drive. How much wood do you have to have on hand to capture that? But <laughs> just to get the folks thinking out there, remember, we're going in reverse here a little bit. But, Ed, could you could you uh, talk about uh, what uh, Brad was saying there? Yeah, so you, you definitely got to have uh, a lot of wood on hand. And, and you know, if you're putting down anywhere from, like, we're a small craft distillery, so we'll put down anywhere from, you know, 500 barrels to 2,000. But you have, you know, the larger guys... Um, you know they're they're putting down um, sometimes as much as 1,200 barrels a day, and and in some cases I'm I'm hearing it's going to be over 2,000 barrels a day. That's wow. That's a lot of wood uh, that's that's going into making those barrels, and then they they do they sit there anywhere from like I said two years on the minimum side, and yeah. as much as 12 years, and and. And what people get wrong quite often is just because it's 12 years old doesn't mean it's going to taste great. Uh, I've had some of our stuff that was six months old that's better than some of those older ones. And it's because of the detail that we put into our product. So it's very scientific. What you're doing is you're counting every little bitty thing you're doing from the wood to the, the corking of it and everything, correct, Ed? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like we absolutely we use very much so. We use authentic pork, uh, which does make a difference. Um, you know, I I'm I'm a firm believer in, in trying to be as traditional as you can. You know, we use malted barley in our mash bills. You know, that's that's the old school way. Instead of dumping a bunch of enzymes in, into the mash, um, you know, it's really important to me that we. We get those beautiful flavor profiles that we get out of our bourbon and out of our our rye whiskey, and um, you know, like I said, um, 
we've had some of our whiskeys at six months taste fantastic. So, Ed, as we were talking, um, can you the, the the question I had is once you use a barrel and let's say you put uh, your product in there for six, seven years, however long, can you reuse that barrel or are those barrels just a one-time deal for one batch? You can reuse the barrel uh, for different okay. products. For instance, uh, you can age uh, white rum in the used barrels. Um, there is a, a, a market for the barrels in the scotch industry. That's what they use is a lot of used bourbon barrels. Um, okay. But for us, if we're going to make bourbon again, it has to be a brand-new white oak barrel every time. So wow. we would want to use the barrel for, for aging rum. You can age tequila. Um, and and, and if, the ones, if you have extra ones, you can sell them to the scotch market. But uh, we have plans of, of aging some um, regular whiskey. You can't call it bourbon whiskey, but you can call it whiskey or American whiskey. You can age that in those used barrels. And there is a, okay. a good market for it, and and those barrels will still create those wonderful flavors that we look for. Um, you know, we're in the process of uh, building our own distillery here soon, and we'll get into that whole experimentation side of of using the barrels. You know, two, three times. And um, sure, you know, I think that I think that is a, a important part of this industry is being able to use those barrels a couple times so that. You know, we're not cutting as many trees down. Um, and, sure. and I've always, you know, thought it'd be really nice to own a lot of property in northern Minnesota um, and, and replant trees and, and plant white oak, um, you know, oh, to, you to, bet. to help, help sustain the industry. Um, you know, I'm 57 years old, but, you know, think about it. It takes 80 years minimum for one of those trees to grow, so I'll never see those Ooh. trees but I mean, no. just being part of of, of planning would would give a a lot of pleasure to to myself and to our family. Um, you know, this business, uh, like I said, it's it's about having fun. It's about making new friendships. It's about creating those those beautiful flavors that you can sip on together. You know, whether it's around the campfire or, or playing some cards together. Um, you know, it's it's the uh, it's the industry that saved the United States and, and helped it come out of out of the uh, uh, Great Depression, Depression yeah. But, you bet it did. Right. Yeah. Well, and it, yeah. and it is the kind of thing, uh, I, I can see me with a nice crystal glass with a few ice cubes in it, a little of the Belfour yeah. and a cigar. It would be so yeah. enjoying and so relaxing. That would be a great it thing. It is. It is. It's very relaxing. And, and in today's world with so much stress, um, you know, you got to have those outlets where you just, you know, find that time to relax and, and just sit back and, you know, sip on some uh, bourbon or some rye whiskey, have a have a stogie and, and just, you know, whether it's around a campfire or in the backyard and, and you're just, you know, having a, a relaxing moment with uh, uh, your wife or, or some friends. And, and Jeez, you know, I, I, I don't I, drink, but can I hang out with you guys? This sounds like fun, Brad. Of course you're getting. Of course you're getting. <laughs> I just want to hang out with you guys. For sure. Say, uh, you know, say, I have, yeah, I have been very... I have two very proud things that that we've done, you know, since we started this. You know, Dane okay. did an internship at Woody Creek Distillery, Basalt, Colorado, and he made our first 12 barrels 
I was so proud of them. The whiskey tastes so good. Wow. It's rye whiskey. It's our limited edition bottle. That's the one with the big silver chalice sitting on top of it. Uh, looks very familiar to some people. Now, I can't say what, what they say it looks like, but I call it the Belfort Chalice. <laughs> and um, very proud of that. It turned out great. Um, very fantastic uh, rye whiskey. And then the other one is our tribute uh, fighting Sioux bottle. It's green and white. Uh, it's got the, the Sioux Indian head into the cork uh, on the top. And um, oh, sure. that was dedicated. Sure. That was dedicated to all my, my Sioux teammates, uh, our coaches, and all the fans. And, and just a big thank you to everyone uh, for, you know, the time I was there. And, and every time I go back to Grand Forks, I just get that, that you know, deep, loving feeling. And, um, you know, us winning the NCAA in 86-87, such a special, special moment. So uh, giving that back, it just gives me great, great pleasure. And, and to top it off, it won double gold, which is the highest award you can win uh, at the San Francisco uh, Spirits and Wine uh, Show. And wow. I was going to say, this is some pretty nice product. Pretty nice product. Well, Ed, I know that you have to run uh, to another appointment. We don't want to keep you forever, uh, but we do want to say thank you so much. And I'm hoping that people here in the Northland will be able to find this product at some of our local establishments, uh, some of our local uh, liquor stores and uh, places. If they can't, how can they get Is there a way that they can uh, get it direct somehow, or is are we just going to have to work? Uh, Wait until the distribution gets a little wider. Yeah, so right now you can get it direct online through BelfourSpirits.com. Uh, we're only in 17 states right now, but we're working on Minnesota. That's one of our, our priorities is getting it in, in Minnesota. Uh, we've been speaking okay. with uh, Johnson Brothers uh, Distributorship, and we, we hope we can create a, a partnership there. It'd be a, a fantastic uh, partnership, I believe. Uh, so we're hoping we can get that done. Um, we are in North Dakota and South Dakota, so you, you, some of you folks can step right across the border there. Uh, but uh, the easiest way is, is go to BelfourSpirits.com, and you can order it right online, and it'll be delivered right to your doorstep. Fantastic. Well, again, uh, Ed Belfour, thank you so much uh, for giving us years and years and years of enjoyment when you were in hockey. And now we're going to have some relaxation and enjoyment with a good cigar and a nice little glass of uh Bell for small batch Scott straight bourbon whiskey. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me, Peter and Brad. Really appreciate you guys, and uh, God bless. Thank you, Ed, for coming All on. Right. I appreciate it a lot. Well, Peter, you you just keep digging them out, buddy. You just keep finding <laughs> these enjoyable. Uh, I mean, who would have thought? But you know, when you think about it, it's it's a natural for wood products, isn't it? It, it is. It, it took a while to come to this point to get it here, and somebody like Ed Belfour willing to come on and take part of his time because he's very busy. Folks like that are very very driven. They're not a normal individual because to reach the heights that he did, you have to have unbelievable. You got to be gifted first of all at birth, and then you have to yeah. have a tremendous amount of drive, a lot of drive. And a lot of times you think people retire and they kind of forget it and they just want to relax and do nothing. Well, he went right into this product, and I thought it would be a good if if he would be willing to do it. And I'm so thankful he did. But it it shows, um, folks, I'm, why I'm taking it in reverse is you you get the product that you see, but how does it derive to get there? 
and that's that's the point of why like whiskey or bourbon why the timber industry is so critical to to get this product because without it you're never going to get it you if you don't have the timber industry you don't have the farmers of the farmers of the forest the loggers you won't get a sip of this it would be impossible but why peter go ahead brad sorry peter peter next month we are going to go the other route we're going to be talking to some of the people that actually do the wood and put them into the casks right yep we're going to be talking the next time it's going to be from the from the forest how it gets to the distillery. Fantastic. That's how it's well, going in to the meantime, In the meantime, folks, uh, we're going to have to go to our Minnesota news break. So, Kenny, take us to news, and we'll be back. KDAL time, 1257, National Weather Service in Duluth. We have some sun, mostly clouds right now, 39 degrees. And real quickly, we're going to have Let the Sawdust Fly next month on November 30th. And the podcast for today's Let the Sawdust Fly will be up, uh, give me about, uh, oh, 20 minutes or so, and we'll get that up. Okay. Fantastic. And what a nice feeling that Ed is going to get it approved here in Minnesota. We'll be able to buy it at our local establishments here in Minnesota as well. And it's, uh, I think it's going to be very, very successful. So we'll be back with our number three coming up shortly, folks, here on Sound Off 610 KDAL.